0: Thank the Lord. Come on, goodness. You can be seated this morning. Oh, my goodness. I love this church so much. I mean that. Uh, other people might stand on this stage, and, and I, I pray they say it with real sincerity. Um, but it is, it is not mere rhetoric for me this morning to brag on you and talk about you and, and uh, your friends, uh, not just in the ministry, but in life. Um, there's so many just great people. I just, honestly, it's, it's really so easy. I, I was joking this morning. I found myself saying things last night, like, we here at the heart of City Church believe, and I was like we do. Like, that's how much I feel at home here. I'm like, you're one of us. You're family. Welcome home. And I'm like, yeah. So if you're a visitor uh, this morning, uh, welcome. We just, we're so glad that you're here. And uh, in fact, I I know by just uh, personally know for living here uh, and and being uh, a part of just the community of believers in Quarterly, my wife and I were here, or me personally specifically, was here for 15 years. So I know, I I literally know there's some amazing, great churches in this area, but I can see if you're visiting today, you don't need to visit them. Welcome home. You can just stay here because this is a phenomenal church. <laughs> I love your pastors so much. They really are just uh, amazing people. Um, I was thinking, I, I'm, actually, I'll just have a quick moment with them. I, I was thinking uh, just a couple of days ago, why I just love you guys so much, and um, uh, Pastor Reedine, I, with you, it's because you so remind me of the tender heart of God. Like, and this probably happens uh, for other people with you, but I don't know if if you get around Mama Reyes, how how you guys call her, but um, I instantly just want to start confessing all my sins when I'm around her. (laughs) I just want to be like, hold me. (laughs) It's true, right? I can't even return the hug. I just have to lean in. (laughs) But it's the truth. You know, it really is. And you only get that tender from, from guarding your heart the way that you have, and the wellspring of life that has flowed from that is just absolutely phenomenal. That's what I love about you. Here's what I love about uh, Pastor J.O., uh, and this is a real compliment, too, but he is a man's man. And here's what I, when I, like, because how many know Jesus was a man's man? He was a man's man. He was the Stetson man of all Stetson men. And... Uh, like, when I, when I think of Jesus, I, it's like I can almost at times, and I might cry when I say this because I just love uh, my best friend Jesus so much. But I often, um, when I think of him, I, I, there's like this faint swell of sweat, or smell of sweat and, and sawdust. Just manly, man. When I get around you, I don't think I hardly ever shake your hand. I just grab your biceps and I shake them. And it's hard because I have to use both hands, you know. And... Uh, <laughs> But there is a consistency in that, that, heart, that dad heart like that, and your pastors have it. And I've had the privilege uh, for a big season of my life, and even still today, to literally be around the world to see a lot of pastors and a lot of leaders. I'll tell you this, Heart of City Church, these, this couple right here on the front row, and I'm not exaggerating this, they are officially world-class leaders. Would you honor your pastors this morning? Just thank them. And I mean that, I'm not, none of that is flattery. I wouldn't do it. I love you guys so much. You say you love them, but you don't even know, man. You don't even know. Go somewhere else for just a moment and come back, and then they'll remind you that you know. Amen. I'm just so glad to be with you. Uh, I'm so thankful for my pastors, Pastors Bob and Kara Grimm, who are with you uh, with your anniversary service, I think, just recently. And uh, they're, I think Pastor Bob's probably preaching it right now. So my main objective is to preach so loud that they can hear me in Walla Walla. Uh, <laughs> They can hear the ruckus going on in here. Uh, My family's with me. They're not at this service, but they'll be with me at the 11 o'clock. But I believe we might have uh, a photo. Um, There's my couple of dudes right there. Yeah, man. (laughs) I know, man. So the dude on the and there's us kind of as a family, a, a quick shot. And uh, go back to the first one just really quick of the dudes. So the, the guy on the right, uh, he's just over two years old. That's my oldest. Uh, his name is Psalm Josiah. Psalm like the book of the Bible, uh, middle name Josiah. And then the, the one in the foreground, the chunky monkey, is, um, his, uh, his name is John Mark. His first name is John Mark and his middle name is Nash. And uh, check this out, this is no joke or exaggeration. They're, they're about 20, 20, 21 months apart, and right now they're in the same size diapers. <laughs> I'm not, a, it's the truth. Size four diapers. That's how chunky my little, I know he's in the foreground, so he looks extra big, but he really is. <laughs> The dude has. When we go to like grocery stores and stuff, I mean, every woman within a f- like a 15 foot radius suddenly turns into a cannibal when they get around that kid. They're like, "Oh, look at those thighs! I just want to eat them! I just want to eat them!" They're one on the kid. I love being a dad, man. I love being a dad. <laughs> I'm excited to share the heart of the Lord with you this morning. Um, I, I just, if I can spend just a quick moment, I want to be uh, more brief than I was last night, but I just want to encourage you, Heart of the City Church, that um, God loves you so much. I spent uh, so much of just seeking the Lord for this weekend, and uh, I'll just be honest with you because it'll probably happen this morning. I, I, I'm going to cry like a grown man this morning. Uh, come on, amen. All the dudes said amen. I don't want to cry like a baby. Baby? no I don't like to do that you ever notice when people say man I slept like a baby I'm like really like you peed the bed and you you spit up all over yourself all night like I don't want to sleep like a baby <laughs> anyway but uh I don't want to cry like me. I'm going to cry like a grown man, real man and All the dudes said amen. amen. But as I was praying for you guys, I just, I, I, I would cry pretty consistently because, and I'm not, I would not get up here and you're just too cool and life is too short for me to simply just blow smoke at you. But I'm telling you, God loves Heart of the City Church. He just loves the desperation that's coming from this church and the hunger that's coming for this church. And I, I would weep uh, at times because God's heart is so for you and um, God's uh, you just got through a series um, talking about the, the hearing the voice of God. Was that not an amazing series? I didn't get here at all. I got to get online and, and check it out. Um, but uh, how many of you know one of the ways that God speaks to you is through dreams in the night? He speaks in dreams of night. He did it all throughout uh, Scripture. And uh, one, that's one of the ways that I find God speaking to me even more these days. And uh, so about a couple weeks ago, I had a dream about you guys as a church in the night. And can I share it to you about what God's speaking about the season that you're in as a church? Is that okay? You can't say no because I have the microphone. It's, it's just a rhetorical question. But just amen the preacher and it will go faster, right? So... So this is a dream. This is a real dream happened in the night. In the dream, I, I, I walk into your building, into the foyer, by the way. Foyer, not foyer. Okay. I know. I'm a hick from the sticks too, but foyer. So I walk in and as immediately I walk in, there's just hustle and bustle everywhere. There's just people going everywhere. I, in the dream, I immediately feel like I'm just in the way. There's just all kinds of going everywhere, going everywhere. And, uh, and, so, and as I walk in, people are rolling um, circular tables uh, in front of me. They're just rolling these big tables in front of me, and so I'm just kind of standing there. So I ask somebody as they're rolling the tables by, I say, uh, excuse me, what are all these tables for? And they say they're, f- they're for the schools. Schools, plural. So I just sat there, and the building that I was in was like this building, but it was a little bit different. Like I, in the dream, I knew I was in your building, but it was a little bit different. Okay, so in scene, just short dream, just like that. And so when I get up, and this is what God often does, when I get up and just kind of start my day, and I remember that dream, God starts downloading about what He was speaking. So here's what God was saying about you guys. First of all, you're you're now in in the spirit. You now are, and it's translating into the physical. You're in a season where things are going to become very accelerated and very fast. God's going to start doing what I feel like God said he's going to begin to microwave things around here at Heart of the City Church. What I specifically felt like, this is really cool, that God is going to be taking people that are brand new, and it might be you this morning where you commit your life to the Lord, that God's going to begin to just accelerate things in your lives. I want to tell everybody this. Don't hold on to any one thing too tightly because God's just going to begin to move really fast. In fact, I forgot to say this last night, but I felt like God said, take a picture, and what was funny is we were at camp, and we saw that there's cameras everywhere, man, it was like, I love it, because we're chronicling all these things, and it's like, almost like paparazzi at camp, and there's all these cameras and everything, it's actually a prophetic thing, because God says this, make sure you take pictures, because I'm going to begin to graduate you, it's time to move on, take a picture, because you'll remember what it's like, but just like that, we're going to keep moving forward, come on, somebody say amen to that, I'm telling you. So when God said, "Hey, there's going to be schools plural. These tables are for the schools." Specifically, I heard from the Lord, "There's going to be a worship school." There's going to be all kinds of schools, discipleship schools, and different things that God was going to be doing. Maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe I, I didn't hear the specific of the Lord, but it could actually be a school school. Maybe like some kind of heart of the city college or something like that. But I specifically felt a worship school. But here's the thing with that: it's going to be everything's going to be about equipping right now. It's gonna be about equipping. It's gonna be, and again, it's gonna be about equipping and sending and all that kind of stuff. You're gonna see people that, oh my gosh, they're my favorite worship leader, and that's great, but your favorite worship leader is gonna be getting sent someplace. You got, I mean, I'm telling you, campuses are like the beginning for you guys. Like, I just really feel like God is saying over you guys, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered the heart of man, those things that the Lord has for heart of the city church. So just hold on to your buns, kids. It's going to get really fun. Can I get an amen? That's all I want to share right now. I had some other things, some things I'll I'll just share with your pastors, but I'm excited to share the word of the Lord with you this morning. Is that cool? Today I felt specific charge from the Holy Spirit to do this, to encourage and enlarge your faith and to stir your hunger. (laughs) Come on, somebody. I have no, man, I tell you what, I, especially as a pastor, we have three services at our church. I was, uh, I was thinking about this, that uh, there's probably hundreds of services like this that I attend or a part of or lead or something in a given year. I'll tell you this right now, no matter how many there are in a given year and how much we do this, I have absolutely zero interest in walking out of here the same way I walked in. Can somebody join me this morning? If God is to be praised, let's go for broke. Come on, I, I'm i preaching the same message I did last night. I guarantee it'll have variation. I guarantee that. That's just the Lord. But can we just commit and just raise our expectancy right now and just say, God, whatever you want to do. So I want to read a, just a quickly a true story from the Bible. And if you would do me this favor, if you could turn in your Bible to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, if you have a Bible nearby, digital or analog, whatever version you might have. If you don't have one, uh, we'll have it on the screen. But can we do this together. It's just kind of one of my customs. I think it's great. Could we stand, if you're able, for the reading of God's word? The Bible itself says the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. Amen. Mark chapter five, we're going to read a very popular story in scripture, but I hope this morning to give it to you from a lens that might be unfamiliar uh, this morning. So open your hearts to it. Mark chapter five, and let's start with verse 25. It says this, a woman in the crowd who had suffered for 12 years, 12 years, 12 years with constant bleeding. She'd suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself. She thought To herself, if I can just touch his robe, if I can just get to the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And immediately the bleeding stopped and he could feel in her body that she'd been healed of this terrific condition. Verse 30. Just realizing, well, Jesus realizing once the healing power had gone out from him, he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched me? Who touched me? His disciples respond in the same way many of us, of us would hear the city church. Disciples said, look at this crowd pressing around you. Who can, who do you, why do you ask who touched me? But Jesus is still saying, I want to know who touched me. How many of you know there's a difference between touching Jesus and touching Jesus? <laughs> we'll talk about that in a moment. Some of you are like, did he realize what he just said? He said the same thing twice. How is there a difference between it? I'll show you. Hold on. He kept looking around to see who had done this. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, she came and fell at her feet and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, daughter, do you notice that just a few verses before, if you look at the heading of verse 21, I don't know how your Bible reads, but it actually has a heading for what this story is about, and it often says, Jesus heals the woman with the issue of blood. But I, I want to contend to you today that we should change the heading to this woman of great faith. When God looks at you, he does never sees your issues. He sees your identity, and in him it is nothing more than a son and a daughter. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. I want to talk to you this morning from this topic of desperation, being desperate. I had a subtitle this morning, The Pain, The Promise and the pursuit. Would you stay standing for a moment while I pray? Jesus, thank you so much for your word. This morning, God, we know that truly it is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. For some, God, it's a lamp this morning. You want them to just see just the next step that you have for them, God. And for some of them, it's a light. It's going to light up some future events. Whatever it may be, may it open up our hearts. We're ready to receive it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you so much. I want to jump right in if I may. Uh, I'm going to try and bring things together. I'm going to be so honest with you about this because I do feel like just an extension of the Heart of the City uh, family that this morning, um, I'm going to be very honest with you. I, I haven't preached or felt a burn in my heart in a word like this in some time, when every time I have the opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus, it's one of the greatest privileges, my heart comes alive in me. I feel like uh, the men on the road to Emmaus it says, did not our hearts come alive in us when we heard the words that he was saying? How many of you know when you read the Bible, you're, you should get heartburn? Oh, come on, somebody. Pun intended, right? <laughs> but I want to jump in this morning. I want to contend with you th- With this thought this morning that this woman that Jesus has this encounter with shows us that we can choose, that we can choose, that we can choose to be desperate for God. We can choose it, that it does not have to happen just when things, bad things happen in life. That being desperate for God just doesn't have to happen on Sunday mornings once a week. That being desperate for God just doesn't have to happen on the occasion that I want to contend with you today that it can happen on the daily and that it's a choosing to do so. I have. I'll be very honest with you because I don't want to fast forward this morning and jump right in. I can be very honest with you. One of my great just, I, I, if I'm honest enough, I will almost say fears, use the word fears, is that I would come somehow get to a place where I would be, get used to God. When things become common in our lives, it's easy for us to get used to them. And when you get used to something, you can neglect it. Come on, men in the room, there's a reason why in marriage we need to continue to date our wives, continue to do spontaneously romantic things. It's in an effort to make sure you don't get used to them, because once you get used to them, you begin to neglect them, take advantage of them, and simply just make them something where I want them to pursue me and me not pursue my wife. No, 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 friends, when we're talking about this relationship with Jesus, if it is of the greatest value of relationship, the last thing I want it to become is normal. I don't want to become casual. In fact, I've heard God speak to my heart before. And just say, Caleb, please don't ever get used to me. Because I have this burning desire in my heart to know that if God is who he is, says he is, and he can do what he says he can do, then he is anything but boring, he is anything but common, he is anything but normal. Come on, somebody. Like, do you ever wonder if in heaven they even use the word miracle? Like, I know it's all throughout the Bible, and they probably do, but I sometimes wonder if in heaven, we're down here saying, oh, my goodness, look at that, that's a miracle, and God's up in heaven saying, that's just me doing what I do when I do. Do how I do. That's him on the daily. Come on, somebody. So jump with me quickly into this text because I want to have one main thought for you, but I feel there's some prophetic things that God wants to speak to you as we walk through this story. But check out as this woman goes in the verse 26, it says this, that she had spent everything that she had, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. I want you to picture with me for a moment. I don't know if you read your Bible this way, but will you jump into the text with me? And will you imagine this woman after 12 years, 12 years. Some of you can relate to this this morning because you've been wrestling with things for 10, 12 years, 14 years, 16 years. Just imagine, when well, you know what it's like, this wrestling match. Here's this woman. But now I want you to picture with me this woman who is completely emaciated, worn out, tired at the end of her rope. And here we find her running after Jesus. I want to just show you this morning that I believe that in her actions, she gives us a model of how to make sure we can never get used to God. She actually gives us a model for how we can actually work past the pain of our life and use it as a purpose to pursue Jesus. Now, I know what every one of you are saying in your mind. Some of you might be saying this, wait, what? Did you just say that? Friend, I absolutely just said that. Here's what's amazing about this woman. is She shows us that we can take the pain in our life and we can give it a purpose that we can take the things that happen in our life, the pain of our past, and we can give it a purpose. Here's what I mean by that, is what I have found is that every one of us in life experience pains and hurts, every one of us. Some of you in this room, they're absolutely extremely horrific. I now, for a moment, want to take away from the fact that some of us have divots in our souls from things that have been done to us or shame from our past, which I'm so glad you came to the right place this morning because God is in the room that you don't have to deal with it another day. There's faith in the room for it. Here's what I have found out as well, that we all might have varying magnitudes of pain and stuff from our past, but we all have the same decision when it comes to that pain, and that's this: either it can be a prison or we can make it fuel for our pursuit of Jesus. Come on somebody, I like to get loud. I believe you can't you don't, shouldn't give to God that's what cost you nothing like David said. Come on, so get ready to get sweaty. Turn to your neighbor, and say, let's go.) I brought a towel up here, man. I brought a change of clothes because I'm ready to worship Jesus this morning. Let's be engaged today. But this is the reality of this God that we're talking about, that this is what she's laid. It's like her life. You got to understand that the last thing that the enemy wanted was this woman to do what she did. Can you imagine in that moment that he was saying to her mind, trying to speak these lies over her, no, 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 stay there, stay there, lady. No, 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 You know how embarrassing it's going to look? You're not going to be able to get through the crowd. No. You see that Bieber bubble that's around Jesus? You ain't going to be able to get through that, you scrawny little thing. You don't got the strength for it. But how many of you know she started getting a desperation in her heart that she said, I'm not going to be divine from my past. I'm telling you, come here today. And you know what? Are not simply a culmination of experiences in your life that brought you to who you are today. I tell you today, friend, if you let go of your history, God will show you your destiny. If it's in the past, somebody might have hurt you, but they don't have to have you. You can let Jesus have it today, Sam. No. If I had time, if I had time, I'd stay here all week and tell you about because I know how hard it is for us to have, live just like with this forgiveness. Why is it so hard for us to forgive? I'd love to teach you and talk about it, but I'm telling you, friend, you cannot let the bitterness and the resentment and the unforgiveness own your heart, but you can give it, you can give it a purpose. You really can, can't you, Seth Owens? You can. And here's what I found that sometimes it doesn't, the pain doesn't go away right away, sometimes. But you give it a purpose, and suddenly all the things that happened that were meant to keep me in depression now become ammo for my desperation. Suddenly the things of regret and shame suddenly become instruments for my pursuit of Jesus. Like, I just, I don't know about you, but I love living a life that just shames the devil and praises God. I'm like, oh, you tried to take me out. I'll show you take me out, right? <laughs> you mess with the wrong hick, man. Come on. Turn to neighbor and say, give your pain a purpose. Quickly, quickly, quickly. I got to move quickly. I love this. Verse 27 says this. Says, she she had heard. Somebody say heard. heard. She had heard about Jesus. I don't know about you. I was reading this story, and I'm thinking to myself, what caused her now? Why now? Why now? Like, do you read your Bible that way? I'm like, 12 years. There's a God saying something prophetic about 12 that I didn't get to say tonight. Maybe I'll say it today. 12 is the number of government. I'll get to that moment. But here's what he's saying. She, 12 years. i like, begin to think to myself, why now? Why now? Like, culturally, she shouldn't even have been out of her home. She shouldn't have been touching anyone because they would have been made unclean. She shouldn't have everything. I mean, there was all kinds of laws about that. She was even supposed to take the things that she was around because of her hemorrhaging and take it outside the city and all this kind of stuff. She shouldn't have been touching anyone. The last person that she should have been touching was a rabbi. To make a rabbi ceremonially unclean? Oh, no, no, sister. So I'm thinking to myself, why now? Why risk it all? Why at this moment, why now would you just take everything, go against everybody's label, everybody's opinion, all that? Why now? Frank, can I tell you today, it's because she had heard something different than the facts that she had always heard before. Can I teach you something this morning, Heart of the City Church? There is a difference between facts and truth. Your doctors give you a factual report. They do. They tell you this is what's going on inside your body. But I don't know about you. I am so glad that the truth of Jesus says that by the stripes that were taken in his back, you are healed. Friend, you can use their wisdom. I'm so glad there's a God on high, the great physician at work. She had heard something about him, man, and I'm telling you, friend, what you believe and what you say about God is a huge essential element to your faith. What you hear is everything. Why? Because Romans 10 tells us this, that our faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes from what? Right? So she got a different promise than what everybody everybody else promised her that, well, I'm telling you what, it's only gonna, you you, maybe are gonna live only another six months. We can't figure it out. She grabbed a hold of a different promise. I came to encourage somebody afresh. I'm telling you, it was a charge from God this morning that you can have faith in His faithfulness. Do you wanna know what she heard? Here's what she heard. Let me teach you some theology for a moment. You know what she heard? No doubt in all these years of working through the city and walking in and out of the city gates, she would hear things of people being debating scripture, and no doubt at some point she had heard to herself Malachi chapter 4 verse 2 that says this, behold, the son of righteousness, S-U-N, it does say S-U-N, will rise upon you, but then it says this, and he, he will have healing in his wings. She said to herself, he's going to have healing just in his garments. So one day, this messianic deliverer from the lion David starts coming through the city, and everybody's scrumming around him like Justin Bieber. And she's like, hey, if that's him, all I got to do is get to the hem of his garment. Friend, her approaching Jesus was not built in her insufficiency or infirmity. It was in the faithfulness of God this morning. Oh, my goodness. I think we need to take a praise break this morning. God's goodness towards you. His faithfulness towards you. Is never ending. Come on. My God, who is able to exceedingly abundantly above. Man, I'm telling you. Well, Caleb, I've been praying a lot of prayers for a long time. Well, friend, I'm going to tell you this this morning. Keep praying them. Keep praying them. Well, Caleb, well, no, not, well, Caleb, because here's why. I'll just be honest with you. Either we're going to be people of faith or we're not. Come on, either we're going to be people of faith or we're not. I don't know about you. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't care what's spoken over me, what labels given to me. I say, God, you, you have made me fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, friend, it is amazing what you will do. She said to herself, if I can just, if I can just. You know, and I got caught up in this thought. I was thinking to myself, I, wanna, I wonder what the, the I can just statements she was having 10 years earlier. Come on. Wow. They probably sounded like this. Oh, if I can just get to that one doctor. If I can just get an appointment with that one doctor, if I can just get an appointment with that specialist. Now, if I can just get a little bit more a little bit more money, if I can just do this. And some of us might be saying, if I could just get that promotion, if I could just get in with that one crowd, if I could just get that one girl, if I could just get that one opportunity. Friend, can I challenge you this morning that the, the most important if I can just is if I can just see Jesus today, if I can just get around God, if I can just be in his presence. Because when you know who he is and what he can do, it's amazing what you will do. You know what? I found is when you believe in this God what you can do, (laughs) you start praying for people that you think will never change. You start praying for sicknesses you don't think will ever go away. You start believing for things like racial reconciliation in America because when you have a God that can do stuff, it changes everything. You start doing crazy stuff. You know what the word desperate means? To employ extreme measures. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I want to employ extreme measures when it comes to worshiping my God. Because, friend, our perspective is important what you believe about him, which, by the way, the enemy will work overtime to go after your declaration. Because if he can get your declaration about who God is, he'll work overtime to plug your ears so you don't hear God because that's where your faith comes from. He'll work overtime because if he can get your declaration, then he can have your faith. And if he has your faith, he has everything. What we believe about God greatly determines our pursuit of him. Let me prove it to you. David said this in Psalm 51. He says, God is great and greatly to be praised. I'm I'm still preaching, Seth. I'm still preaching. God is great and greatly to be praised. If he would have said, God is good, therefore he deserves some level of nominal praise. No, he said this. My God is great. Man, so he deserves the greatest praise, right? He is the God most high. He is worthy. The writers didn't have any more that they could give to God, so they took the same adjective and wrote it twice. God, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty, right? Come on, this is a God. It greatly determines your pursuit of him. Here's what I wanted to get to this morning. Worship team, you can come up. Are you guys all right? I feel the extra juice for baptism Sunday, man, people going down. There's some people this weekend that they didn't know it. They finally, the invitation came. They're going to give their heart to the Lord. And they didn't even, they never would imagine that for lunch today, they would be going under the water and their life would be forever changed. But I'm so glad it's today, (laughs) man. Here's the thought that I had for you. (laughs) All of the rest of that was just intro, by the way. (laughs) Just a little appetizer. (laughs) Is Jesus' response that he has to this woman is found nowhere else in Scripture? Nowhere else in Scripture. Think about this for a moment. Jesus' response to this woman you see nowhere else in the text. I was caught up in it for you as i literally praying for you. I've preached this text many times, probably many different ways. But as I prepared for you guys, in fact, I I just waited. My wife said, man, I feel like the Lord's saying that God's going to begin to give you words about them. But at camp, he's going to give you the word for you. Here's the word for you, okay? Never before I had seen this scripture before. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, Jesus' response you don't see anywhere else. He says to the people around him. Who touched me? And again, we would do what his disciples did. Jesus, there's all kinds of people touching you. And he said, no, no, no. Who touched me? Disciples did the same thing. We heard you, Jesus. We, yeah, who touched you? There's people touching. He's like, no, who touched me? I asked the Lord, I said, God, why did you say that the way that you said it what was it about this woman because it's easier for us to read the text and analyze it and get all kinds of great food but I just went straight to the heart of God and I said God what was it about this woman and what is it about that you want to communicate to Heart of the City Church about your heart and he said this he said Caleb because she touched me with desperation in her heart all these other people just wanted to be with me for what I could do In fact, Jesus said that to other people at one point in Scripture. He said, you just want to be with me for what I can do, for I can feed you. He said, Caleb, unlike those people, she just wanted to be with me. And she was desperate to be with me. All those other people, they were proximity Christians. But she was a pursuit, presence-driven kind of Christian, the kind that stops me dead in my tracks. And I want you to see something that doesn't happen anywhere else in Scripture. Because Bartimaeus, if you read the story of blind Bartimaeus, Jesus too in that story is stopped by the declaration that comes out of his mouth. Oh, son of David, have mercy on me. He too is stopped. But here's the difference between that one and this one. Jesus is so arrested by by the desperation that comes out of this girl that he starts looking for her. You see it? I never saw it before until I read it. That it says he just happened. Hey, who touched me? All these people did. No, no. Who's? T- where is that girl that touched me? Do you want to know why? Because one of the other points in Scripture where that same word "touch," which by the way, it just doesn't mean touch. I think sometimes we can just touch Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Do you know what that word "touch" means? I love the original language. says to adhere oneself to, to cling to. Do you know where else this is used in Scripture? Jesus is walking into a city called Nain, and there's a young man being brought out in a casket in a funeral procession. And it says that Jesus stops the processional, and he touches the casket, touches it. Speaks to the young man to rise up. So can you imagine Jesus? He gets touched by this lady. He knows what that feels like. He's like, I know what it's like for power to go out of me, the power to raise people from the dead. He's like, now somebody drew that out of me. Friend, can I just share, can I just challenge your heart today? That could we choose a new level of desperation that is not in common, that is not in normal? Like, I don't want, I don't want to just get used to God. Like we have so many of these moments and opportunities like this. Friend, I don't want to just be used to him. I don't want him to pass me by. And here's why. Because my soul longs for it, Ecclesiastes says this, that eternity is knit in my heart and all of our hearts, that there's purpose and design. But, friend, beyond that, too, there's people around me that I know need the God that I serve. And I say, God, I need you in my space. I need you in my face. Friend, can I say this today? I don't want us to become the kind of people that get used to them. Like, I would sit in moments like this, drowning on the inside, needing God so desperately, and I would stand here with hands in my pockets during our worship experiences and be like, yeah, he's cool, yeah, it's cool, yeah, God's cool, and I was just putting the cool card on, and I was drowning on the inside when really my heart was just like, I need you, Dad. Like, I sometimes wonder if in the midst of all of our adulting that we forget at the end of the day we're just kids. Like in all the business that we're doing, like we have all these things and then he just suddenly like, can I say this this morning? Like is our worship just simply religious rhetoric? Like are our devotions just obligation, right? Is our serving just some kind of routine that we do? Or does in everything that we do, is it desperate for a move of God, right? Like this morning, there are people that are here and will be coming at 1111 that have never experienced a moment like this before. And I think to myself, God, does my smile and my hello, does it communicate, you need to know the God that I serve. The peace in my eyes comes from the pits of peace and nobody else. My kids respond to me right now, they're littles. They are completely reliant on me for everything for putting them to bed, for waking them up, for feeding them, for telling them no. I had a hot iron today, and I was this morning, and I was like, Son, don't touch it. And he's like, Touch it. I'm like, No, don't touch it. <laughs> touch it. Everything. Change their diapers. Everything just wonder if somewhere along the way in our maturing we've actually maybe worked away from what real maturity is Uh. because the older you get the more of a kid you really become because at the end of the day I told you I'd cry let's stand on our feet together at the end of the day I'm just a kid that needs a dad Like, there are so many hats that we wear in life today. Like, one of my favorite hats is is a pastor hat. I love it. It's like, it's such a great privilege and an honor. My favorite hat, my new favorite hat for just over two years is being a dad. I love being a dad, man. It's the coolest thing ever. I'm the best dad on the planet. I got a mug to prove it. But this morning, like... Can we just take off every other hat? And can the only hat that we put on is just a son or a daughter before a dad that just doesn't say, hey, God, here you go. Um, Yeah, like here's some praise. But can we like, can can maybe like a desperation crawl out of us today? Because I'll tell you what, some of you, you need it. Just on the other side of your comfort zone, just on the other side of your convenience, just on the other side of your routine is a cry that needs to come out of you needs to come out of you, even physically, I felt this morning, there's some dudes, and I'm not picking on you, but I just saw a picture that this morning, there's some men that have never got on a knee before God and said, God, I give you and I submit to you as a man, I come under your lordship and your leadership as a son. This morning, I want this team to begin to sing a song, and I wonder if this... If we can employ an extreme measure in our heart, I'm not saying that volume is desperation. I'm not saying that. But can I challenge you with this? Can you maybe do something you've never done in worship before? I mean, don't be crazy, okay? Don't annoy people. Be respectful. But maybe some of you have never raised your hand before. You just keep your hands in your pockets. Maybe just beyond the goosebumps of the embarrassment of what it might be look like is the breakthrough that you need. Come on, some of you never sang out loud or prayed out loud. I sound weird. Friend, can you just an extreme measure that maybe today will cultivate a hunger that has been missing on the inside of you. Let's close our eyes together and begin to worship. Jesus, we just cry out to you this morning, saying we're desperate for you, God. We're desperate afresh. We didn't come to church just to have church, God. We want you, more of you, all about you, God. this moment right now, this moment right now, it might be brief, but it can change your life. Come on, you don't touch Jesus, and you yourself not get changed. You don't touch Jesus and not find out who you really are. Some of you need a shifting in the identity, you're you're tired of what you've made it out to in Idaho oh there's some people down there I I hear something I hear something worshippers of spirit and truth those are my kind of people hold on angelic hold on for a moment cuz I hear some voices that are desperate today We're sorry for all the things we've filled our lives with when you're the only thing that satisfies. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they should be filled. That word righteousness means the revealed word of will of God. Friend, the will of God of your life is to live in reckless abandonment for Him. With every eye closed this morning, I wanna share this with you. This woman, like I said, she's 12 years of this infirmity, 12, the, the, the study of that number, it represents government. This woman, 12 years, and God spoke to me just kind of a prophetic, which means a now revelation, a now revelation of what he was trying to say. And I feel like the Lord said this, because she was 12 years, she came and fell at her knees before him and saying, hey, this is what I did. I felt like the Lord said this, submission and surrender are always linked to desperation in pursuit. Surrender is always a natural byproduct of desperation for God. Just say, God, I'm done with all this stuff. You can have it. I just, I leave it all. My old, my cool card, I'm leaving it. All these other hats, I leave it. I surrender them.